Hello, everyone, and welcome to Subject to Cross, a new podcast on criminal law. I am host, Caroline Donato. And I am co-host, Pete Kratza. Both from the law firm McElroy Harvey in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We are your friendly neighborhood criminal defense attorneys here to talk about everything criminal defense. And here we go. Well, that's Pete Kratza over there who doesn't want to introduce himself. And Correct. I'm and I'm Caroline Donato. We're your hosts for Subject to Cross. Wait, before we get into this episode, now that we have our feet wet, we're feeling pretty comfortable, feeling pretty good. This we, would be better if I could drink. We could. They have yeah. beer here. Okay. Next time. All right. But we should tell everybody what you wanted to call this podcast. Oh, God. Do I remember what I wanted I to call I remember it. Uh, dysfunctional. <laughs> codependent codependence. Codependent codependence? No. Wait, code- <laughs> codependent. Maybe I shouldn't drink. Codependent codependence. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Would you want to explain why? Well, the. I think it's self-explanatory, isn't it? I don't it? know. I don't know. Is it? Well, I mean, there's a certain level of organi- organized dysfunctionality. <laughs> oh, between right? us. Yeah. I don't know. I think I keep things pretty organized. Yeah. I mean, keep thinking that. <laughs> um, I saw this on social media, which is going to be the, the end of civilization. Um, did you ever see this? It's by a retired judge in Nebraska, Robert Koff. Uh, 10 things that uh, 10 observations of a federal judge of uh, criminal defense lawyers cops top 10 observations about criminal defense lawyers. Well, this is impromptu. Yeah. Okay. And you're when you were reading on our last episode, (laughs) you were the the email from your father. It kind of reminded me of this. Okay. So I'll just throw them out there. They go 10 to one. I don't agree with all of them. Say what they are again. Robert Koff. K-O-P-F, senior, a senior, oh wait, maybe he's a senior federal judge in Nebraska. It's just Richard, Richard, oh, Robert, I got his name wrong. Jeez, I'm sorry, Judge Goff. It's <laughs> Richard Koff. This was on social media. His top 10 observations about criminal defense lawyers. So he is a federal uh, trial judge who hears a lot of criminal cases in Nebraska. And he is reacting to his top. This is based upon his career in observing criminal defense. And you're going to go through them one by one. And we are going to have a discussion and react. Not necessarily everyone. We won't have to discuss everyone, but I'm going to read them. Okay. His top 10 observations. He says, as I write this on a Sunday morning, I'm in the middle of a complex criminal jury trial that will likely last four weeks. Of course, I cannot write about the substance of the case or the lawyer's. But watching the criminal defense lawyers in that case started me thinking about my observations of other criminal defense lawyers over the last 25 years. It occurred to me that the readers might be interested in my top 10 observations about criminal defense lawyers from the perspective of a federal trial judge. So, in no particular order of importance, here are my observations. What I don't get, though, is he said in no particular order of importance, he starts at 10 and goes to 1, which seems to me that 1 would be the most important, Mm -hmm. but regardless. Number 10, (laughs) criminal defense lawyers, are we allowed to curse, by the way? Sure. Okay. Criminal defense lawyers are at great risk of becoming drunken bastards. The stress is beyond description. You're looking at me to respond. Thoughts? I don't disagree. Okay. I'm already there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
Uh, well, just to touch upon the stress of being a criminal defense attorney. I relieve a lot of stress from being a criminal defense lawyer. Well, I would too if I were you and golfing and playing paddle That's all the time. That's just not <laughs> true. I mean, in terms of the dynamics of our practice, uh, without mentioning names, I've told you, if you wanted stress, you would have been where I was a long time ago. Well, I think if any names listen to this, they would be able to attribute who you're talking about. Well, right. And I often say that in dog years, I was in that practice for a hundred years. And as I often respond, I would never put myself in that position. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about drunken bastard lawyers. What about them? Are you one? No, but okay. I'm, I am conscientious of drinking because the days are so stressed. So I make sure, you know, it's a real thing. Okay. At, when I get home at most during the week, I'll have a glass, maybe a glass and a half of wine. No martinis. Not during the week. No, Pete. Oh. Unless it's a special occasion, but that is very rare. Is that Wednesday? <laughs> no. No. Um, but because it, it's just palpable stress. You have mm -hmm. people's lives in your hands. Do you feel like you've had to be conscientious of, of that sort of thing? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, it, wait till you have kids. Kids and being a criminal defense lawyer? My God, it's a wonder I'm not on top of a bridge. Um <laughs> No, I, I think I can see. I mean, there are, you know, there are um, lawyers concerned for lawyers or a lot, there are advocacy groups out there. Uh, we have many colleagues who are uh, recovering alcoholics. Um, mm -hmm. It can definitely lend itself to um, dealing with stress in an unhealthy manner. So how do you deal with stress? I exercise. Oh, really? I don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I exercise. I play tennis. That doesn't count. Tennis? Pete, three, actually, recently, um, because, you know, that car accident I was in, my back's been just a mess. So Ray has me working with very light weights, and that helps. But um, I you used to. Jacked. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. But, like, not too jacked. Like a no, good, yeah, right. a good jacked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to, before that accident, I used to run a lot and bike a lot. Mm -hmm. Now I distill it down much more. But the exercise is definitely... Yoga, I like yoga. My wife is trying to get me to do Orange Theory, but I think I, I hear your wife attack. is very good. I mean, we're getting a little tangential yeah. here, but I hear Jen's really good at Orange Theory. People have seen her there. You're good at Orange Theory? You can be good at working out, yeah. You can have uh, good form. I don't like exercise unless I'm competing. So I need to be playing something. And Orange Theory, like competing against myself so that my heart rate, no. No offense, Orange Theory. <laughs> All right, let's go to number nine. Being a good criminal defense lawyer requires sincerity, whereas being a great criminal defense lawyer requires the ability to fake it. I think that's true. It's a bit cynical. But it's real. Give me an example. Come on. You haven't had the case where you've had to fake it in terms of we don't have to like our clients. To a judge? Yes. Oh. Or and to the client. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's mm. the, here's the truth. At least for as long as I've practiced, we've been really lucky. I've been really lucky with the clients we've had. I genuinely like most of them. But there have been the one or two cases where the allegations were just so bad mm -hmm. and it was really tough to make an argument. And no matter what, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. You have to make the most credible, effective argument you can. Yeah. And you have to say it with a straight face because it's true. And the way to say it with a straight face, though is to make sure that you put together a well-thought-out argument. Then it's not hard. Okay. 
That's, it's a shame that you're so cynical at such a young age. Um, number eight, when it comes... Wait, back up. <laughs> just being sarcastic. When it comes to convincing a client to accept a guilty plea because it is in the manifest best interest of the client, a criminal defense lawyer must become a client whisperer. I don't get that. I do. What does it mean, a client whisperer? You have to be able to... That goes back to communication. Okay. There are some of those cases where a plea offer is extended or you negotiate a good plea and the client insists on going to trial. I know you have had this experience Mm -hmm. because I've been on those cases with you. And those are the cases where you know it's in your client's best interest to take that plea. And it's one of the and there's no defense that would justify rejecting the plea. Right. That's when you sit down with the client, you make sure you understand. But I don't whisper. It's not it's not about whispering. Oh, okay. That's I tend to become a bit animated. No, it's talk. It's just talking about communication. Oh, okay. Um, number seven. Okay. When it comes to convincing a client to reject a plea offer and take the case to a jury, a criminal defense lawyer, regardless of gender, must possess balls of steel. True. True, but in our practice, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, the only time we are going to a trial by jury is if, A, the client insists, and we can't negotiate a plea that would sway them otherwise or b the case is at a point where there's the the risk of a of losing a trial by jury doesn't outweigh any other benefit well i've had cases where there's a plea offer and i advise the client you can take the plea offer but i think you have a real good shot at being acquitted but there's that's not what seven said Reject a plea offer, take the case to a jury. That's when you're saying, no, this is a plea offer. Don't take it. We should definitely go to trial. I don't, yeah, I don't know that I, don't I would ever, ever necessarily. That. Yeah. But the point is, if there is a plea offer and the client's on the fence and they want to go to trial, you do have to have. Oh, yeah. To um, actually go to trial. I won't trial. use that term. Balls of steel. I mean, balls of steel. <laughs> but the uh, there used to be a hockey video game, Blades of Steel, that we played. It was a great game. Um, number six. I like this one. Okay. I apologize to all my prosecutor friends. Real criminal defense lawyers don't hate prosecutors, but they don't trust them either. There's a few prosecutors I trust, but there's more than enough that I don't. Okay. Um, Criminal defense lawyers know that the federal trial judge is never their friend, but the judge is seldom their enemy. That applies in state court, too. Depends on the judge. (laughs) (laughs) You going to name names? No. Uh, Number four, a tiny fraction of people who have law degrees have the ability to become even mediocre criminal defense lawyers. True. Very true. Or trial lawyers. I agree. Just trial lawyers generally. The better the grade in law school, the more skeptical I am of the litigator. Well, right. I told you that. You know, did I tell you? I don't know if I've ever. When I was in law school, we didn't have computers. We had books. And I went from college where I did well on my own. You know, I, I could just do well in college. I did well in law school, too, until the last semester. I kind Congratulations. Of last semester off. But um, they would hide the books. Like who, they, who would hide the books? The ones that were trying to get the best grades. You know, you, you don't get you your own to, books? You had to go to a library and find the books, they the Atlantic Reporters. Your... Oh. Like, you know, you'd have to go and find the Atlantic Reporter in the law library and look for the case. They would misplace the books intentionally or secrete really the books in up. other parts of the library. I would be like, are you kidding me? This means that much to you that you're going to try to mess with other people by hiding the books? I was dumbfounded. 
And that was one of the reasons I could not wait to get out of law school. And those were the people who would got who who received the best grades. And you wouldn't want to spend two minutes in this booth with them. Well, and they're not litigators. Just in case anybody's listening to this and they have the impression that law school requires looking up cases in books, that's not how it works anymore. It's all, no, I, all online. Well, and when I was in law school, it was not as practical as it is now. They I mean, did teach didn't us have... how to do it that way, the old-fashioned way. <clears throat> the old-fashioned. Shepherdize? Yeah, did you we have to shepherdize? To... Yes. Yeah. And then we're like, but this is all online. Why are you teaching us that? this way we it wasn't practical law school until my third year of law school we finally got to like we had to prepare a case we went to the federal courthouse and had to like give an opening and and handle witnesses i was like what the hell i've been doing for three years that i didn't do any of this extracurriculars oh the mo vaughn what was it mo (laughs) Mo bomba (laughs) you're ridiculous mo levine mo levine okay um three We're on three already? Yeah. If you become a criminal defense lawyer because you like Rolex watches, then you are an asshole. True. True. A lot of empty suits in our our, uh, practice. Agreed? Yeah. I, you know, back in the day, a criminal defense attorney once told me that uh, he or she became a criminal defense attorney because he or she saw other people sitting on the porch smoking cigars around four o'clock in the afternoon. And that's what he or she thought criminal defense attorneys did. And that's kind of the job they had. And I'll never forget that because I never had that impression of it. Mm-mm. And then that person was disillusioned and then disappointed when they became a criminal defense Because attorney. what, they didn't have That's a porch not, or they didn't like cigars? Or they didn't have that kind of flexibility to uh, just like hang out on the No, there are a lot of, uh, lot of uh, empty suits is what I would call them in our profession. Uh, two, you must have a big ego to become a decent criminal defense lawyer, but you must not be an egotist. Egotist, egotist. Do that again. You must not be an. I don't know if it's like I just Lego, want to hear my you ego. <laughs> I, I would. I'm from Delaware County. Egotist. It is never ever about you. True. That's true. And number one, real criminal defense lawyers represent clients and not causes. Or we say people and not causes. Yeah, I would agree with that. No, I mean I, I never. I mean I'm not a. I'm not above making a public policy argument, but I'm not going to represent somebody just for a cause. Absolutely. We represent people. And I think hearkening back to um, one of the things that makes an effective criminal defense lawyer is being able to see the good in your client, being able to accentuate it, even with other people, it might not be quite as apparent to them that there is any good in the client well, that's, or in the case. You know, when people say, how could you do that? How can you be a criminal defense attorney and represent people? You know, my job is to look for the good, whereas a prosecutor's job is to look for the bad. Yeah. It's a much better way of living, in my opinion. I think we're probably going to live longer, right, as long as we don't become drunken bastards. As long as you don't, you know, inundate me with stress. Okay, I'll try (laughs) to do better. All right, I think that's it. Anything else? No, wrap it up. Well, that's it for this week's or this month's or this year's. (laughs) Or ever, this ever's. (laughs) Subject to cross. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Signing off, Pete. Bye.
Thank you for joining this week's Subject to Cross. Until next time. 